Greetings, everyone. Welcome to D Green with Amy. I'm Amy. After adopting a whole food plant-based lifestyle, my hubby Rick and I lost over 130 pounds. Now I coach others on their plant-based journey. Just has voice. Let's welcome our guest. Sharm Ridley is in her early 60s. She takes no medicines and is a living testament to the power of plants. Sharm will show us how to prepare delicious plant-based Creole gumbo. Please click like to help Be Green with Amy. Welcome, Sharm Ridley. Greetings and welcome back, Sharm. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Charm has been quite busy <laughs> lately. <laughs> well, she's probably always busy, but I have to say congratulations, right? Oh, for my graduation. Yes, I, I completed another degree that was so exciting. And that gave me the uh, information that I needed to uh, understand the business side of things. So, you know, once I started it, I needed to finish. And that was really lovely to be able to do that at my age. I'm so glad that you did because it's so motivating and inspirational. You later in life, you found this lifestyle and it changed your health. And then it seems like when things start changing for the better, it makes you want to change more things in other parts of your life. Yes, and absolutely. So, yeah. After spending 30 years as a teacher, um, this is now my new career. And uh, it's just so exciting to be able to share this lifestyle with others. And we're just so excited to have you here. I mean, I love this plant-based lifestyle, but for some people who are used to certain ways of cooking, I mean, it could be a challenge to find good recipes. And there's no exception with Creole cooking that it seems that some people, well, Mexican is like an easy kind of changeover with plant-based because it's just kind of easy to do that. But there's so many people that are trying to find Creole recipes that they can adapt. And since you've been cooking this way for practically all your life, you have figured out a wonderful way to make these in recipes, these delicious recipes into delicious plant-based recipes. But not only that, you're going to tell us how to do it without oil, which is a big challenge. That is a big challenge. A lot of Louisiana cooking does have meat and oil in it. And that was one when I uh, created Atlanta Creole, my YouTube channel, um, that was what I set out to do was to recreate some of those dishes that I grew up eating and cooking um, into whole food, plant-based, no oil style. And I was so excited when I finally perfected my gumbo. So that's what I'm here to share today. Oh, and I, I know people who have told me that they have been anticipating this. They're just so excited. You know, food, it just gives us this connection to sometimes our childhood and our family memories. And it's hard when you change your lifestyle to let those things go, but you don't have to. <laughs> exactly. You, you do not have to. One caveat is just to understand that, you know, when you make it plant-based, it's not necessarily going to taste exactly like it did when you cooked it with meat, but it will still be just as flavorful, just as delicious. And um, yeah, I, I love cooking this way. Right. And you were saying that your son is with you today and he is very excited about what you're going to make as well, right? Yeah. My younger son, just he enjoys okra. He, he loves the gumbo and uh, he stays here with me. So that's going to be fun. 
Yeah. And I want to let everybody know also that the recipe is, there's going to be a link to it in the show notes. So don't, there's a lot of ingredients here. So don't worry if you don't catch them all. And Sean may not tell you all the little tablespoons and teaspoons things, you know, don't worry about it. You're going to have the recipe. You'll be able to print it out or look at it on your uh, smartphone or whatever. So don't worry about that. Okay, so I'm going to start off with a little true or false, and we're going to maybe put some questions in between while we're cooking too, but I just like to start start off with a little fun, so we're going to start off with our game. It's time for True or False on Be Green with Amy Live. Answer true or false to Amy's questions in the comments below, and Amy will ask our guest for the expert answer. Okay, Green Warriors, true or false, this is something that I'm learning about, the word gumbo right? I never even knew where that came from. The word gumbo comes from gombo, the word in several West African languages for okra. Hmm. True or false? Type in your answers and Charm's going to let us know what the answer is. Go ahead, Charm. Yes, that is true. Um, it, and, and that's actually something that I learned after I became plant-based. I didn't really realize that that was where the term gumbo came from, but that is true. Yeah. And you know, okra, it's not everybody is familiar with it. I know I had it once, but it, but this was before I was plant-based and it was breaded and fried. And to me, it was very greasy. I guess it was because it was fried. So I didn't care for it. But then when I later had it in plant-based recipes, it was very delicious. And it's one of those things that uh, on nutritionfacts.org, Dr. Greger talks about. It's, it's, it's along the lines of oatmeal where it helps to clean out your blood vessels and it helps to lower your cholesterol. So here we are, you're going to make a delicious dish and it's going to be healthy too. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many uses for, for gumbo, for um, okra, but most people know it as fried, but we use it in Louisiana to thicken as sauces, as gravies over rice, as, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's just a wonderful vegetable. Oh, yes. And it's nice. And sometimes when somebody has maybe tasted something, like with my experience, sometimes you might taste something, you may not care for it. But it, but like the nutrition professor, Timory Hagenberger, she was on my show, and she said, sometimes it's not that you didn't like it, it's that you haven't tasted it in a way, prepared in the way that you like. So give things a chance and try them in different ways, raw, cooked, or, or, or like, you know, with special spices, and it can just change your world. So this is wonderful. Okay, so here's another true or false. The One difference, just one difference between gumbo and jambalaya is that gumbo is served over rice and jambalaya is cooked with rice. Hmm, what do you think, Green Warriors? Go ahead, Charm. What do you want to say about that? Uh, besides the fact that there are lots of differences between the two, that is one difference. Gumbo is cooked over rice, is prepared over rice, and jambalaya is cooked with rice. Yeah, yeah that's, I find that to be so interesting because, they, you know, the, they have these different names and you and you wonder, you know, so what's the, what's the difference? I think a lot of people might think that one is the same or can't differentiate it. Okay, so this is another true or false, gumbo often relies on making a roux to thicken the sauce, whereas jambalaya doesn't utilize a roux. And maybe you can explain what roux is also, but Green Warriors, type that in, true or false. Go ahead, Charm. Okay, well, uh, the answer is true. Um, although some people do use a little roux in their jambalaya, but usually they don't. Um, 
but a roux is just basically one part fat, one part flour. That's basically what it is. And, and I'm excited to have been able to create a roux uh, utilizing no added oil whatsoever. It's used for thickening, but the way that we make a roux in Louisiana is also primarily used for flavor. Right. And it's so interesting because, you know, often in the American diet, when people make gravies, they might take cornstarch or flour and incorporate it into a gravy, but they don't do anything to, they just throw it in the way it is, right? And, right. and then they try to season the gravy afterwards or before or whatever, but they don't see, they don't do anything with the base, the, the, that uh, flour or the cornstarch. So this is very interesting. Yes. And the Louisiana roux uh, typically takes a long time, 45 minutes to an hour when you make it traditionally. Uh, I make mine in the oven so that I don't have to have added oil, have to check on it every 15 to 20 minutes for about an hour and a half. So it's a long process, but the color of the flour goes from your traditional, and I use whole wheat, goes from your traditional color of the flour. And when it's done, it's like a dark like a chocolate covered flavor. Don't know if I'm going to get my roux that color because I've had it on for more than an hour and it's still not as dark as I want it. But that's a, a special Louisiana way of making roux. Yeah, it reminds me, I had Chef Bravo on and he did a recipe demo and I asked him for some cooking tips. And he said, you know, we, we cook with our senses. And it sounds like this is what you're talking about where you're just not cooking by tasting. You're, you're, you can, you're listening for the sizzle in the pan, and you're looking with your eyes to see colors. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. So it's there's a lot to learn from from people that that uh, are very good cooks. So I'm really excited about that. Okay. So let's see if I can pronounce this word correctly. True or false? Gumbo and jambalaya both rely on a mirepoix, a finely diced onions, peppers, and celery which is commonly referred to as the Holy Trinity. Okay, Green Warriors, type in your answer, true or false. What's your guess? Go ahead, Charm. Yep, that's what we call in Louisiana, the Holy Trinity of cooking. Most of our dishes begin with onions, bell pepper, and celery. Um, typically, a mirepoix has uh, carrots in it. And for my gumbo, I do include carrots. But traditionally, the Holy Trinity of cooking is onions, bell peppers, and celery. Okay, so here's something that a lot of people have wanted to know. True or false, because roux, oh, hang on, I lost it for a second. Because roux is a French and Creole method of cooking, equal parts flour and fat, you can't cook roux without fat or oil. Okay, Charm, go ahead, tell us. And that is absolutely false, which I am going to demonstrate today. <laughs> and we are so happy. Okay. And we'll have, we have one more, but we're going to save that for when the ingredients pops up. So do you want to get started, Charm? Yes, I do. So I'm going to move my laptop up here so that you can see my stove. <clears throat> okay. So Charm is moving around her camera. And if, like I said in the beginning, the recipe, the link for the recipe is going to be in the show notes. So all you have to do is look underneath in, on the YouTube and you'll see the link and you can click on it. So don't worry about scrambling to try and write down the ingredients or whatever. We'll all be there for you. So okay. It looks like her right camera's now, there. Yeah. What I want to show you right now is what the flower typically looks like, right? It's white and this is whole wheat. So it's a little bit darker than white. 
And I am still in the process of making the roux, but the roux is uh, done in the oven. So I'm going to turn off the timer before it disturbs us because I've been setting it every 15 minutes. And it's a chore, but it's very important because your roux can go from done to burned very, very quickly. Look at the color of the flour now. It's still not done. <laughs> so hopefully it'll get a little bit more done while we're in the process. So what I do is I just scrape the bottom and it'll be a little bit darker at the very bottom. And then I'm gonna about, about to make a little bit of noise. Flatten it out. Now I'm gonna put that back in the oven. Well, that is just beautiful. Set the timer for 20 minutes. And that's about when I'll be ready for it. And ready or not, if it's ready, we'll use it. If it's not, it's just going to be a lighter roux. <laughs> <laughs> so now what I'm going to do is take care of the mirepoix. <clears throat> As we've mentioned before, uh, a lot of people like to put oil in when they saute their mirepoix, but that, that is not necessary. So what I'm going to do is get my skillet good and hot. And let me show you my, my um, trinity. We have our onions right here. I'm using two different kinds of bell pepper. I have red, and that's basically to give it color. And it also gives it a unique flavor as well. So we also have green bell pepper. And then the celery. And one thing I want to mention about the celery, <clears throat> you notice that it has the little green part of the celery too. If you can get that green part in with your celery, do it. Because it has a unique flavor that it adds to the dish not just the um, the pieces of the celery, but you also want to get the celery greens in there as well. And then I'm also going to add in my mirepoix, some carrots for color. And then of course, what is any Louisiana dish without gumbo, uh -uh, without a garlic? All right. <clears throat> and so we're going to let that get nice and hot. And then I'll, I'll talk about some of the other ingredients because it's important that that pan gets hot uh, before I pour in my, uh, and I used to call them seasoning vegetables and that's basically called mirepoix. So I have all of this, but then I also uh, have in the description, in my recipe, something called better than bouillon. I love this flavor in my Louisiana dishes. Uh, this is organic vegetable base. Now, Better Than Bouillon has one that's not organic. I don't use that one because it contains oil. So I only use this one for my veggie base. And I use three teaspoons in my gumbo, but remember it's a big pot. So it dilutes uh, the sodium that's in there. And since I'm at the bottom of my jar, what I did was I poured a little water in here and I'm shaking it up. And you'll notice right there, now I've got my better than bouillon. I did not waste a single drop of that. So when I'm ready for it, I will use it. All of the seasonings that are in the um, description in the recipe are here. We have onion powder, garlic powder, my Tony Sacheries. Let me show you what that looks like. This is a seasoning that I use quite often. And I use the light because of the um, sodium content. This one has very, very low sodium, only 170 milligrams for a fourth of a teaspoon. And I usually use a teaspoon for a whole dish. So this was very, very light in sodium. So this is my Tony Sacheries. In addition, we also have, like I said, onion powder, garlic powder, smoked paprika. I use a little bit of extra cayenne because I like mine spicy. 
uh, some sage in there. So, and you can use whatever uh, flavorings that uh, more additional um, seasonings that you like, but this one right here and my better than bouillon, these two are the non-traditional, uh, uh, non-negotiables. So I love the beautiful rainbow of colors that you have out. All right. So it's time. I want y'all to listen carefully. Listen. Did you hear that sizzle? I love hearing that sound. So that's my onions, red bell pepper, green bell pepper, celery, carrots. Now notice, I'm not putting my garlic in yet. Garlic does not go in with the rest of them. You want to be very, very careful because garlic is one of those things that can easily burn. Now I'm turning my fire down to medium low. And, and Charm, you don't have anything in that pot. There's no no liquid, no oil, nothing. No and liquid, it's no oil. And it's not even like a nonstick pan. It, it's no, stainless no, steel. Stainless steel. Uh huh. The thing about um, the nice thing about the uh, what we use for mirepoix is that they produce their own uh, liquid. And I don't, I don't know if you can see this, but if I took took this. You can almost see a shine in there. And it looks like I put something in there, but this all came from the vegetables. And so we are just going to stir this around. Let this cook. It's going to be on a medium low. And it usually takes maybe about five minutes or so um, to do what it needs to do. And while that's doing it, what I'm going to do is begin boiling my water. With traditional gumbo, let me tell you the steps involved with that, with traditional gumbo. With traditional gumbo, we we put the mirepoix together um, uh, and cut that and put it off to the side. Then in the skillet, we make the roux, right? Get it nice and dark and everything with all that oil and all that. That's your traditional one. Then we take the trinity and throw it on top of there to cool that down, stirring it around. Then we put this in the water and then let that cook in the water for a while before putting anything else in there. Because as a roux, a Louisiana roux cooks, it that flavor continues and it continues. So what I'm going to do right now is I've got a nice, and I love cooking with stainless steel. I've got a nice pot. I'm going to put that right here. And then I'm going to put 12 cups. So this is... 10 cups there, two more. And I'm gonna want that to come to a boil. So while we're working on our seasoning vegetables, of course, again, this is our mirepoix, uh, the water is going to be get started boiling. And we've got about another 10 minutes or so before it's time to check the roux. Oh, look at those colors, look how beautiful. And I was just now telling uh, Amy that um, I the last time I made um, gumbo, I experimented with uh, using soy curls. Now, soy curls, it, it's an interesting little thing. I, I love the taste of soy curls. Uh, I, never, I, I never used them until one day I did. And I was like, where have you been all my life? And all soy curls are is just a simple soybean that's been stretched and texturized and dried. And it's, uh, 
And so it, it can mimic the, the chew of meat and it works very well in gumbo. But what I do whenever I use it in a liquid, I um, go on and, and hydrate it like you do, season it like you do. But then this is my little tip. I throw it in the air fryer for about five minutes. And with mm. throwing it in the air fryers, it gives it a texture in a way that it's not too um, mushy. And then that's when I actually put it in my dish toward the end of the cooking time. I'm glad you said that because I had tried soy curls, but they weren't air fried first. I'm going to think I'm going to try that. And typically, Charm, don't soy curls come like frozen? Is that right? No, they come dried. Oh, they come dry. Okay. Yeah, they're completely dried. And then what you do is you reconstitute them. You can put, put them in water for about maybe 20 minutes. And then that makes them where they're, you know, kind of where you can do what you need to do with them. Um, but I usually reconstitute mine in seasonings and veggie base, right. uh, uh, like a broth. And it gives it a nice flavor. And then I always either put it in the oven or air fry it for about maybe five or six minutes before I use it in a dish. That way it, it uh, holds its texture a lot better that way. Yeah. So it sounds like that the, the soy curls are similar to uh, tofu in that they kind of absorb the flavors that you soak them in? Yes, exactly. They, they really don't have much of a flavor on their own. That's great. And see, the nice thing about this right here, I don't know if you can see, but it's starting to stick just a little bit right here. And whenever you're doing your um, cooking your meal poire with no oil, it may stick just a little bit. All you need to do is just grab just a little bit of water. Let me grab, put some in here. <clears throat> about a teaspoon at a time. And then just put it right there to deglaze. And... It's all set for you. And whenever it does start turning brown, don't get upset. That's flavor. I, I like that. We, we should get you a T-shirt. Don't get upset. That's flavor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> As they say in Louisiana. <laughs> oh, I, I used to watch a Chef on uh, PBS. Yes, Justin. Chef and Justin. Yeah, he used to say that. Or he, and the other thing, a lot of times he would say is, "And we're going to put in one onion." Onion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Try to mimic the the um, what do you call it accent? Yeah. Uh, the, the Louisiana, uh, the Louisiana accent. All right. Now I'm going to um, just move this over just for a few seconds. It's still cooking, but remember, I've got to check my room. I'm going to go on in here, grab mine. Oh, it's getting browner. Oh, look at that. See that? And look at the difference. Where's the other one? I just had the, the white. Here it is. See the difference in the color? So this is your normal flour, and then that's the roux. I'm going to tell you something, though. It's still not dark enough. <laughs> but I'm going to scrape it. And when I am ready for it, ready or not, Whatever color you are, that's where I'm going to throw in here. <laughs> All right. So then remember, I'll level it off. Okay. And then I'm going to put it back in the oven. Set the timer. This time I'm going to set it for about 10 minutes because the more, the darker it gets, the more you want to watch it. So. And the, um, and I'm, I set it on 350 at first. And then... Um, 
Right now it's at 390. Only because I'm trying to hurry it up. <laughs> but be careful with that. All right. There we go. So let me turn my fire back on. So since I have already added my, and I don't know if you can see the onions are translucent now. That lets me know that my mirror paw is ready for me to go to the next step. This is what I do with most of my cooking. <clears throat> I season my mirror paw. And that's typically all I season because the seasonings get into the seasoning vegetables and then it goes all over the dish. I do that with my cabbage and potatoes, my green beans and potatoes, my uh, just about anything that I use a mirepoix for, I put my seasonings in first. And so I'm gonna go in and grab all of my seasonings that I talked to you all about before. But before I do this, I don't know if you can tell it's sticking a little bit, instead of putting water, you remember I told you about what I did with my better than bouillon? I'm gonna go in and pour this in there. Yes, that gives it, that helped me. To that was a good idea. Sometimes people, maybe not with this particular dish, but sometimes when people are cooking vegetables without oil, sometimes they'll use water and other times they'll use vegetable broth yep. or uh, lemon juice, you know, whatever kind of liquid yep. to, to help loosen it up. Absolutely. That's a, that was a good idea though. <laughs> yeah, you can use just, you know, any kind of, you can use cooking wine and balsamic if you have that kind of dish but now look what's happening i've got all of my seasonings i'm going to let those toast up just for a little bit it's time now to get that i missed the step of the garlic i should have put the garlic in before i put in the seasonings but there you go i'm going to get that garlic in there too but i'm going to try to press the garlic so it can touch the bottom of the pan because you do want to toast the garlic just a little bit all right Jesse T said, yum. <laughs> well, tell, tell Jesse, if you could only smell my kitchen, you'd be saying a little bit more than yum right now. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, another thing that I have started doing with my gumbo, um, and when I rewrite, I'm going to actually alter my recipe in doing so. The thing about mushrooms, is the mushrooms give you something to chew. You know, gumbo has little bitty texturous things in it for you to chew, but gum, the uh, mushroom also gives it a wonderful flavor. So what I'm gonna do, anything that gives it that flavor, I'm gonna throw that in first. So I'm gonna go in and throw my mushrooms in there and stir those around. Turn that fire down just a bit. Let the mushrooms scream just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing that sound. Typically, when you cook mushrooms, I do, I put a top on it so that it can create its own liquid. But in this case, I'm not because I want those the seasonings to continue toasting. Let the mushrooms get in all that flavor and let that cook for just a minute. The water is starting to boil. And so now we're at a waiting point. If you wanted to um, do another trivia question, we uh, have some things that we're just going to sit around and wait for now. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. Well, there is going to be a, an ingredient called uh, phi. Is that it? 
Filet. Filet. Okay. Mm -hmm. I thought I could remember. Filet. Okay. So, and, and that was mysterious to me, Filet, because I had never heard of that. So let's see if the Green Warriors know, true or false, Filet, which is going to be an ingredient in this dish, is made with sassafras tree leaves. So type in your guess and charm. Is filet made with sassafras tea leaves? Yes, tea leaves. it is. Uh, and the thing about gumbo filet is it is also a thickener, also a flavor. It, uh, it uh, adds flavor, but you don't want to put gumbo filet in at the initial point in the cooking of your gumbo. Um, gumbo filet is one of those things that you'll put in when you get ready almost to turn the fire off. Um and then it, it adds that night, you know, kind of along the same lines of when you when you cook with herbs, you want to put the herbs in last so that all those fresh herbs can that flavor can can remain. That's the same kind of concept, I guess, with your gumbo filet. Some people serve their gumbo and put the filet on the table and then people add it, you know, as they like. But that's not one of those um, seasonings or, or herbs that you will um put in at the beginning stages of cooking. Yeah, that is interesting what you said about the herbs because some people don't cook that way or aren't familiar with cooking in that way where you save them until later. So if you put them in too soon for a lot of these herbs, the, the heat can kind of cook off the flavor. Right. Here is the gumbo filet that I use. Um, as you can tell, I love Tony Sacheries. That's one of my favorite uh, Creole seasoning companies. And so this is the filet that I use. And you can use it in a number of dishes, but I typically use it when I make gumbo. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> and that's what I like about th this uh, cooking that you're showing us, because these, when we adopt this lifestyle, we do learn about okra. Maybe we never had that before. And then these different seasonings and, and different styles of cooking. It's really so helpful because it's going to broaden our recipe horizon. And then, you know, people think, well, you eat plant-based, all you do is eat a salad every day and some celery and carrots. But that's not true, is it? <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness, no. There's so many things that you can do with plant-based cooking, and it can be amazingly tasty. Um, I, I get really excited when I when I look at a recipe and I say, you know what, we can, we can, I used to say veganize, but but it's a matter of making it so that it's uh, free of oil and and as low fat as possible. Um, now, it, not no fat, because, of course, whole food plant based includes nuts and seeds and olives and avocados and things like that. And those are definite. They definitely contain fat, but not added oil, because there's really not a whole lot of benefit to added oil. And I find now that I don't have oil in my cooking that if maybe by chance I'm I'm out in a restaurant and I might get something that had even a small amount of oil, it, it almost seems like it masks some of the flavor because you just have this grease on your tongue and, and you just don't have the, you don't taste the, the flavors and the herbs and spices as much. And, and it's, it's what we get used to. I, I heard the term used several times. I think they call it neuroadaptation. Mm -hmm. And when you're used to uh, eating a certain way, especially cleanly without all of the added oil, you get used to that. You get used to being able to taste all of the flavors in the food. And then when you go back to a dish that does have a whole lot of oil in it, you actually taste the oil. People don't usually think of, I taste oil. 
But if you're not used to uh, eating with um, a bunch of oil, yes, you, you will. And, and it does interfere with your ability to really taste the wonderful flavors of food. Oh, Jesse T said, and easier to clean up at home. Oh, yes. Yes, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I'm going to pull this back up here. Oh, great. Because it is time to. Look at that. All right, look at that. Let me get my towel so that I can pull this up so you can see what we have done here. I'm going to turn the fire off so that my tire towel doesn't catch. Look at that. Ah. And that has all wow. of the seasoning in it. And it has my better than bouillon in it. It has the mushrooms that have the seasoning attached to them as well. Turn this back on. Now, I'm about to go out of sequence with the way that I typically make my gumbo. Because the next thing that I typically do is take my roux, mix it and make a slurry and pour it in the water and let that cook in that water for about maybe 15, 20, even 30 minutes. Um, and then I put in all of this in that water and just let that cook for a while. The thing about gumbo is when you let it cook for a while, the flavors marry and they just get better and better and better. But because of our limited time, I'm not gonna be able to do it that way. So what I am going to do now is take some of the water that's boiling and I'm pouring that in here. And by doing this, I'm loosening it and I'm getting all of my flavors. I don't want to miss any of that. I'm gonna do it a little bit more. Grab a little bit more water out of there, pour it in there. See how that looks now? And guys, let me tell you something. If you look at this, <clears throat> this is what's interesting. This is how, oh, there goes my oven. Y'all remember what's in the oven? I'm going to turn that off and I'll get back to that thought in just a second. But I'm going to turn the fire off and let's peek at the roof. See how it's doing. It's getting there. Look at that. Still not dark enough. But like I said, I've already made that caveat at the very beginning. We're going to end up with a lighter roof than I typically like to have because we just don't have enough time. And I started this an hour before I logged in, Amy. <laughs> but I love how you said in the recipe that you typically will put in more flour than you would use in that recipe so that you could save it for later. Yes, I'm another not going to use all of this roux. Yeah, I'm not going to use all of this roux for this particular uh, gumbo uh, because it, it's nice to make gravies with it. You can make a, um, if you make a stew, you can take a little bit of that, uh, stir it around in some water to make a slurry. You can pour that in anything to make a gravy, to make a stew, or anything like that. But let me show you something interesting. So you see what I've done here? <clears throat> Let's pretend that I'm not making gumbo, right? And what I have is all of my mirepoix. I have my mushrooms. And, you know, my better than bouillon, which there's a lot in here. So I, if I were going to do this, it would be a lot less better than bouillon. But guys, this would be a wonderful base for soup, for any kind of stew. I make a, um, a, a mushroom and potato stew where I would have only used one teaspoon of the better than bouillon and a little bit less of some of the other seasonings. This would be filled with mushrooms, cut up my potatoes 
pour a little bit more water and then put the top on it. And you have the best, the best um, mushroom stew, a mushroom and potato stew. Um, you can do the same thing with um, like if you were to make corn chowder, <laughs> same thing, right? And then sometimes I'll take some of this mirepoix, pour it in my magic bullet, blend it up, and that will actually thicken it when I'm making stews. So I just wanted to point that out too. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to move these things around. So Charm, is that that you could use as a base you were pointing out? Is that something that you could maybe put in a, uh, in a small container to freeze and then use it as a base at another time? Yes. Yes. Um, some people do that. I typically like mine fresh, um, but you can. You can you can do your um, uh, complete the mirepoix and put that together in these little containers, these little one cup containers, put them in the freezer. And then you already have a really nice base to use for just about anything. If you come home from work during the week and you don't really want to spend a whole lot of time in the kitchen, that particular part of it is finished for you. How exciting is that? That's a very good question. So I'm going to go on and pour this now in my water. Be careful, careful, careful. You don't get any splashes. And I love my stainless steel pot because this thing can go directly into the oven as well. But the downside <coughs> is that the handle is very hot. Okay, so I'm going to take this, finish with that now. And now we have the gumbo getting started. Okay, so at this point. Can you spoon, can you ladle out some of it so we could see it? Yes. So right now it's a, it's a water base. I don't have my, um, I don't have my, my roux in there at all. I'm gonna turn this up on high because now it is time to start putting some of my items in after I get my roux. The roux is not ready, but <coughs> careful with the seasonings. That Tony Sacheries will make you call. So if you can see that, I don't know if you can see that. Can y'all wow. see that? Yeah. Okay, so that's what we're dealing with now. <coughs> I don't want to put the rest of the things in yet until my roux gets because the roux really does need to cook in the water for a little while. This is what we where we are with the roux. To be honest with you guys, this should be darker um, in order to have that flavor that I'm really, really looking for. And if you're wondering, okay, dark, how dark? Think of um, a step between milk chocolate and dark chocolate. <clears throat> That's how dark. Daddy used to say the color of a copper penny. That's how dark you want it. Okay. That's, that's a good point of reference. The copper penny. I like that. Yeah. And you've got some powerful seasonings going yeah. on in that kitchen. Tony Sashley's has a tendency to, um, to, to make you sneeze and cough a little bit. So I've got to be very, very careful with that. Okay. So what I'm doing is I'm scooping out about a half a cup. See that right there? And it'll be between a half a cup and a cup. I'm going to put probably three quarters of a cup is what I'm going to work with. And I want you to see how much I have left. And I started this with 
a cup. That's how much I have left, and I'm going to put this in the refrigerator so that later on this week, when I want some really flavorful stew or something like that, I'll um, be able to use it. That'll stay nice in my refrigerator for several weeks. Um, just keep it dry and keep it in a cool place. All right. <clears throat> so I'm going to make it a bigger... So, Charm, in the, in the original recipes, do they use whole wheat flour? The, origin, the best rule... For Louisiana taste, okay, so let me um, let me sort of mention it that way. For your typical Louisiana roux, it is white flour with one cup of oil and one cup of flour. That is your roux, right? Mm. And so um, I use whole wheat uh, because I, I use whole wheat in, in whatever it is that I, that I do. Um, but white flour cooks faster. Um, and has and is a little bit more flavorful, to be honest. Right, because the white flour, when when it's it's processed, and and yes. the, a lot of the things are stripped away from it, so of course yes. it's going to get browner faster because yes. it doesn't have the protective coating on on it as the whole wheat does. And of yes. course, when they strip it away, they're taking away the nutrients too. Yes. So you really yes. whole wheat. That's why whole wheat is a better choice. And not only that, the fiber as well. Yes. And so this is going to look a little, see right there? I have, I put about three quarters of a cup of, um, of my roux, right? And then fill this, this thing up with water. And then I just stir it until I see no clumps. Make sure that that water is hot. And now... So the temperature time. of that water that you mixed it in, though, Charm, that's that wasn't cold. hot. Must be cold, not hot. Yeah, cold is very, very important because if you put it in hot water, it's going to clump immediately. Okay, so I'm going to take this now and. And that's why you mixed it separately before yeah. you added it into your hot pot. Yes. And you notice what I'm doing. I'm stirring it in. <clears throat> you don't just pour it in there and forget about it. You pour it in there and then, ooh, that smell. I, I don't think it's dark enough, but it sure smells like it is. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Once you get that in the pot, if you've ever eaten a Louise, at, a Louise, at a restaurant in Louisiana, um, at a Creole restaurant, and there's that flavor, that you know it when you taste it, but you don't really know what that flavor is, this is it. <laughs> and I smell it and it is so powerful and so exciting. Now, <clears throat> um, ideally it would be nice. And you notice I haven't stopped stirring. Don't stop stirring. <laughs> kind of let it kind of move that stuff around, let all those flavors marry. Because remember, this is where we had all of the seasonings, all of the mirepoix, uh, and our roux. So we want to make sure that everything is incorporated uh, very, very nicely before we stop stirring. What I would have done, ideally, uh, if we weren't um, didn't have uh, uh, less time, is uh, I would let this cook for a while before doing anything else. And when I say a while, I don't remember what I put in the recipe, but I'm thinking at least 15 or 20 minutes. 
I would let it cook. And with doing that, that would actually make that roux uh, incorporate with the water and the seasonings and all of the seasoning vegetables and everything, do all of that before adding in those last steps. But right. so it kind of like the heat is is making some of the water evaporate. No, not necessarily. No? It will. It will yeah. evaporate. Yes. But that's not really the point. The okay. point is to um, is to bring out that flavor of the roux mm. in the water. Right. And then so now, since I'm not going to wait that 15 or 20 minutes, this is a good time for me to go in and add in my okra. And this is the thing about plant based. Um, gumbo. You can let me get that in there right quick. All right. You can add any kind of vegetables you want because just like when people make a traditional gumbo, they add in, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Most of your gumbos have at least two or three different kinds of ingredients, your meats and things like that, those that are not plant-based. Um, but when making plant-based, you can, my I do the basic. I put the okra, I put the cauliflower, and that's kind of it, right? But, um, and then of course the mushrooms. But when you are um, cooking it yourself, you might want to throw in some broccoli. You might want to throw in some zucchini or some yellow squash, just different things that offer chunks in there for you to bite into, to get all that flavor in and, and so on. So, so now this is going to cook for, oh, if we had the time, <laughs> this would cook for about 30 minutes before I would put the cauliflower in. And during that cooking time, the flavorings will get in there. Um, it will thicken up a little bit, but it's there's already a thickening happening. Uh, let me show you this if you're able to see it. So, <clears throat> so the cauliflower cooks a lot quicker than the okra. Oh, much, much, much quicker. And that's why you're not putting it in yeah. now where the okra exactly. needs a little bit more time to cook. Right, exactly. See, it's already starting to thicken and that's because of the okra. And remember, as we mentioned earlier, Okra can be used as a thickener in cooking. And so, see right there? But gumbo, traditionally, is not a thick gravy dish. Gumbo typically has a liquid, it's liquid. Uh -huh. And it, it's, it's served over rice, exactly. So, um, <clears throat> so we're at the point now where this has to cook. Um, and if I put the cauliflower in, and this is what I have as far as my cauliflower is concerned, if I put the cauliflower in right now, the cauliflower will just cook all to pieces before it's done. And that's, you remember, I don't know if you remembered when you uh, first brought up the idea of my making gumbo and I said, ah, oh, that's a little complicated. I know, <laughs> you were such a good sport. Yeah. <laughs> this is part of the complicated process because uh, with gumbo is not something that is finished cooking in 20 or 30 minutes. This is one of those things that you have a morning to devote toward or part of your afternoon to, divert, to devote toward making. And um, 
since I am going to be putting a lot of this in my freezer to have gumbo whenever I want, uh, I'm going to need to let that cook now uh, before adding in the cauliflower. Um, but but that's the process uh, of making gumbo. And I uh, I had some some uh, rice in my freezer. Uh, I use that to you know whatever I want beans and rice or whatever I put them in these containers about this size of container. I, I keep uh, frozen foods in my freezer all the time. So I put my uh, rice in my Hot Logic Mini. So when I'm finished, I'm going to uh, enjoy myself a pot of a, a bowl of gumbo. But that'll be in about an hour. And so it's it's not finished yet. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure it's so delicious. And that's what I love about this lifestyle because I love to eat and I like to eat a lot. So if I was there, I'd probably smell it and think how delicious it was. And I might have more than one serving of it. And yeah, and, and to tell you, the okay. truth, you can. You absolutely can. There's no oil added in this. It's it's mostly just vegetables. And the only you know, flour product and it's whole, whole wheat flour. <laughs> so right. and there's not that much of it because for this big old pot, I just, uh, I used, just used a cup of brew. So yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm getting excited. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, Jeff P said, my wife and I were born and raised in, well, let me say it correctly, New Orleans. We are plant-based and have missed the food. This recipe is what I grew up eating with meat. Thank you so much. You are welcome so much. And if you want to look at a replay of my making this uh, on my YouTube channel, uh, just Atlanta Cre if you do Atlanta Creole um, plant-based um, uh, plant gumbo, no oil, mine will pop up. And you can actually see a video of my making this, sort of recreating what I'm doing here. Yeah, that's great. And then they'll get to see the the actual color. Yeah, the finished the, product and the color of it and, and everything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you have a lot of other different recipes that you've used as that you've yes. demonstrated as well. Absolutely. There's a particular recipe that I grew up eating um, all my life, really. And it's called green beans and potatoes. And if you're from Louisiana, you've heard of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> green beans and potatoes is one of those things that we just make. Um, whenever you go to like a Thanksgiving dinner, a lot of times you'll see green beans and potatoes there. That would be the equivalent, I guess, of the green bean casserole that some people right. make. Ours is like yeah, they don't they don't potatoes. have it any time else during the year, but they expect it right. then. So but what with, kind of spices or herbs, uh, seasonings and, are in that? And so that, that sort of emphasizes what I just said a little while ago. What you saw at the beginning of this process that include the mirepoix, the garlic, all of the seasonings that you're going to use, including the tone, the um, uh, better than bouillon, uh, and a little bit of water, you do that, and that's your base. That's your base for just about anything. Uh, it just depends on the you know the amount of the flavors and so on. And then as soon as you do that, then you throw in your potatoes, stir them around, get all of the seasoning and everything on it, put the top on it, which is what we call smothering. And uh -huh. so it's, it's a tech cooking technique. And so I smother the potatoes for about maybe 10 minutes. And then I put in either fresh or frozen green beans, throw that in there. In there. You notice I'm not doing any additional seasoning because all of the seasoning is done at the very beginning. And then throw the green beans in there, stir that around, put the top back on, continue to smother. 
And then about maybe every 10 minutes or so, stir it around until your green beans get to the consistency of the, um, of, of the way that you want the green beans and the potatoes are, are, um, are nice and um, uh, tender. Now, one other step that I, I do uh, in my green beans and potatoes is I take about maybe a cup of the tender potatoes and I pour a little bit of water in that cup and I mash them, mash them really well, and then throw that back in there so that you can get a little bit of the potato on top of every single green bean. Oh. Um, people who grew up eating green beans and potatoes, and we used to just put, you know, meat in it, you know, mm -hmm. ham hocks, that smoked turkey legs, something. Having um, green beans and potatoes with no added meat, no added oil, uh, gives you the opportunity to taste it for what it is. Deliciousness. Mm. And that's one of my favorites. Um, another dish that I make is called cabbage and potatoes. And, and both of which I do have these recipes and my demonstrations on my Atlanta Creole um, YouTube channel. Um, same thing with cabbage and potatoes. Same exact um, procedure. Except with cabbage and potatoes, I throw the cabbage in first because it it doesn't take the cap the the potatoes as long to cook it sometimes as it does the cabbage. Other times, um, I'll have my instant pot potatoes where I'll make a bunch of uh, baked potatoes in my instant pot, keep them in my refrigerator. And so, if you want something like cabbage and potatoes, um, you can do that, and then your potatoes are half cooked, and then just throw those in there, and you've got a dish in about. 20, 30 minutes. That's great. And and I've heard some cooks talk about how if you bake a potato or cook a potato ahead of time and then put it in the refrigerator and then reheat it, something happens yes. with the starches that it's changes. Go ahead. Yes. It's called resistant starch. <clears throat> I've been reading some uh, studies on that. And it's interesting. Very, very fascinating is that if you cook a potato, either baked potato, instant pot potato, whatever the case is, put it in a refrigerator and then reheat it. It, it, has a, it has a tendency to act a little bit like fiber where it's called resistant starch. I don't understand all of the science behind it, but it is quite fascinating. And they say that, you know, you may not absorb as much of it, uh, you know, as you would if you were just to eat it fresh. So that is quite fascinating. So if you've never heard of of potatoes and resistant starch, just go on and plug in Google, you know, baked potatoes, um, uh, resistant starch refrigerator. If you throw in those three words, you'll get a few articles that'll explain that more thoroughly. Yeah. And it's good information because there are other weight loss kind of plans. They're not health promoting plans, they're weight loss plans. And they put a lot of fear into people about potatoes. And although potatoes aren't the highest in nutrient value, they shouldn't be feared if you're trying to achieve weight loss. And especially in the manner that we that we were talking about, if you cook them, put them in the refrigerator, they cool off, then you can reheat them again or eat them cold. It'll change the way that your body absorbs the calories from it. And yeah, start, and I, I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna push back just a little bit. Uh, potatoes are quite high in nutritional value. They're they're good. Well, I, I mean, meant compared to yeah. kale. Well, <laughs> that's well, that's not fair. <laughs> but yes, no. they still have a lot of nutrients, so they shouldn't be feared, exactly. and they can promote weight loss. 
Yes. And, and they give you a lot like of satiety. Right. That's exactly what I was about to say. What I like about potatoes is that they help with satiety. And the thing about it is, regardless of what you're trying to do, if you're trying to go on a whole food plant-based uh, diet uh, way of eating, uh, you want to be able to eat things that will satisfy you. Yes. It'll keep you feeling full and make you feel like, oh, wow, I, you know, I can really do this because for many people and many people uh, look for this lifestyle for a variety of different me reasons. For me, it was for my health. And in the last time I was on the show, I explained, um, you know, as far as my health was concerned. But back in 2016, um, I was sick. Um, I've had 19 surgeries in my lifetime. Uh, I used to take a whole lot of medicines. And, um, and, and then when I, when I first learned that, um, uh, that animal products cause, they are inflammatory, um, they cause an, an inflammatory response, that's when I started studying and saying, oh my goodness, because I, I ate, uh, uh, you know, that's what I was eating. And so uh, it didn't take long. My students, when I was a teacher, uh, saw the change in me. My coworkers did. I'm now 63. Um, I had a birthday a few months ago. And still, I take no medicine. Uh, my blood pressure is normal again. I do fast once a year to regulate my blood pressure under um, the supervision of my doctor. And, um, and other than that, I, I take no medicine whatsoever. Right. And uh, you were and on we, blood we, pressure I, medications. I was on blood pressure med. I was on a lot of medications, but in 2016, when all of this started, it was the blood pressure though that kept nagging. It would, you know, but until I found this other intervention to help with the blood pressure, because age, in addition to the fact that I still have about 50 pounds to go, all of those factors come into play when, when you know, blood pressure is one of those mysterious things, and I am just fortunate to be have been able to keep it under bay without having to take any medicines whatsoever. Uh, I don't live in pain the way I used to live. You know, I um the this and I told this to my son when I went to go visit him in Hawaii uh, a couple of months ago. Uh, this saved my life because my daddy, when he was just a, a younger than I am now, had his first quadruple bypass. I have heart disease in my family bad. And I um I had a little test done on my heart and I'm I'm in pretty good shape. Yeah, I mean, people, and I'll put a link to the original interview because you really did have a lot, a lot of health challenges and you really were on a lot of medications and and it's just so wonderful how far you've come and, 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 and you're just so upbeat about it. And it's not when you, for a lot of people, when they finally get to that place with this lifestyle, they don't feel as if they're, they're missing something because- they were missing something before they adopted the lifestyle, right? Yeah, yeah. And 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 now I'll be honest. It it do you have cravings? Yes. Um, but it's so much easier to go past those cravings when you look at the totality of the the health you've gained. Um, and so it's it's just one of those things. I um uh, I'll never go back to eating the way that I did before. Um, I can probably honestly say that I will never consume animal products again because I don't want inflammation to occur in me. I don't want the IGF-1 that happens with the stuff that happens in your colon and, you know, that could be, you know, cancer producing. I, I don't want that stuff that happens with the TAMO that goes into your uh, blood vessels and create uh, wreaks havoc on your uh, endothelial cells. I don't want all of that stuff. 
I want to grow old and be healthy in doing so. And, you know, I've had two knee replacements. I, I can't get those back. There are some things I'm limited in because of, uh, you know, muscular, uh, the skeletal issues that I've had along the years. But, um, but I'm really, really happy with the state of my health. Yep. And that's what they say. Nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so wonderful. And I'm really so happy that you're here sharing the recipe and also giving us a little review of, uh, from our last interview and, and the health challenges that you had because people are hurting out there and they're yes. really looking for answers and they go on the internet and sometimes they find things that are, you know, if they want to lose weight, it might say, oh, here's a good way to lose weight. And they find that method and maybe they lose a few pounds, but then inevitably it's like holding your breath. You got to let go and start breathing again. And they do. And then, uh, it's like Dr. Delaney had said on my show, she calls it diet jail. And then they come out of diet jail. And so this, we call it a lifestyle because you don't feel like you're in jail because look at what's in that pot. I mean, <laughs> I I'm trying to tilt it here. So if I can kind of show you what's mm -hmm. in here, see that, but it's going to still cook. This still has to cook for, uh, I'm thinking maybe another 15 minutes or so before I put in the um the cauliflower so oh i'm getting so excited <laughs> <laughs> it's how many people will that serve i mean it's kind of funny because it, if you're a plant-based eater it may not serve that many because we eat a lot <laughs> yes absolutely that's going to probably be about six good sized bowls um and so uh and but i'm gonna have enough for today because that's my dinner uh, I'll have some put some in the refrigerator for my son and for me to have tomorrow. And then I should have enough for a couple of nice size bowls to put in my freezer for me to enjoy later when I just want a little treasure out of my freezer. <laughs> yeah, that's what's nice about it, because you can go in the freezer and we, we like to batch cook with this lifestyle. Yeah. And there's always something there to, to find. You say, oh, yeah, I remember I made that. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> my husband had made soup one time and we, he made a big batch of it. And then um, he <laughs> he took uh, he froze them. And, and I said, well, we have to write on, on it, mark it, you know, what it is. And, and he, and it was one of those things, and you probably experienced this, where you just kind of take some of this stuff and that stuff that you had already cooking with something else and you kind of threw it in. And he said, I'd have to remember what I put in those dishes in order to make it. And he's so, so he said, well, all I know is that it's, it's really good soup. <laughs> so that's, that's what I wrote on the, on the label. Really good soup. <laughs> really, really good soup. I love it. <laughs> I like soup a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is, it's just so satisfying and that's really great. I think I have another uh, question. Let's see. Oh, go ahead. If you wanted to say something, I'm looking for this question. Okay, oh, here well, what I'm going to do right now okay. is I'm going to go in and put my cauliflower in. Oh, it's time. Yes. And now this will simmer for about 30 more minutes and we will have gumbo. This is the point that I will actually taste it. Because okay. You and while, you, while you're doing that, I have found the question. Okay. So John wants to know, when do you put in the soy curls? So you're not doing it in this 
particular demonstration, but if you were going to do the soy curls, at what point would you put them in? Now. <laughs> yeah, the soy curls will go in right around the same time as the cauliflower uh, because you don't need to cook the soy curls. You just want them to get the flavor in there, but you don't want to put them in too early because then they'll get kind of mushy, uh -huh. which is one reason why I, I air fried them first to avoid that mushiness, right? And so, so about how long do you air fry them? About five minutes. Okay. And if I put it in the oven, about seven minutes. Okay. Yeah. Uh -huh. So it's not that much of a no. big deal for an extra step. Okay. Not at all. And the reason that I don't taste it um, initially is that all of the flavor is concentrated in that mirepoix and everything. So it's got to cook in the water and the, um, the roux has to cook in there. And so you want to wait until that roux has cooked in there. The... Um, the okra has cooked in and grabbed some of that flavor and so on before you taste it. That's when you'll know if you have enough salt, if you have enough cayenne pepper, if you like it, if it's hot enough for you and so on. So that's when I would suggest tasting it is right about at this point right now. And I don't know if you can actually see, you probably can't see that, but it is a yeah. little thicker. And maybe you could um, put it in one of those clear bowls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me do that. And, and then but, we. But keep in mind, gumbo does not get thick. Gumbo, we we used to call it back home water gumbo, as opposed to okra gumbo, which is something that's a little different from this. But um, as far as water gumbo is concerned, it, it's typically a liquid. Uh, it's a soup. <laughs> in essence, it kind of looks like a soup. But um, but here is, here we go. And if you can see, yeah, just tilted towards you a little bit, tilted the other way. There you go. Right there. Okay. Yeah, I see it okay, now. Okay. See, it's it's a little thicker now. Yeah. And the longer it kick, cooks, it's going to get a little thicker, but it's not going to become thick like a gravy. It's a, you know, water gumbo. Right. 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 So let me um, let me do a taste test here. Mmm, this needs nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It just needs nothing. <laughs> the only thing I'm going to add to it <clears throat> is my gumbo filet. And I'm going to do that once the um, cauliflower is done and this is done. I put my um, gumbo filet in, stir it around, put the top on it and just... Let it sit for a while while I get my, my bowl together and everything. And um, that's when you put in the uh, gumbo filet. You, you don't put in the gum. And, and it actually thickens it a little bit, you know, at that point as well, but not much. It's a water gumbo. Right. And then you had said as opposed to okra gumbo. Mm -hmm. So okra gumbo, which you're not showing today, is thicker. Right? Uh, okra gumbo is like a, it's like an okra gravy. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> It's like a, it's like an okra gum. It's, it's like a gravy that, you know, you, you cook it and I use a roux in mine. Some people don't, but I do put a roux in mine and the okra, it's, the okra itself is like with this one, you see water with the okra gumbo. Instead of using one pack of frozen okra, I would have used four. Oh, and that's what you said, like because this. okra is something that you can use to thicken and, and it's a gravy. You just eat oh. it over rice. And that one's delicious with soy curls. Um, oh. Yep. Just eat it over rice uh, just like that. And, uh, and um, I also make something called an okra stew. I have several okra recipes and 
I just, um, I, I grew up eating it. Uh, that's one of those things that's very, you know, typical of, of Louisiana cooking, especially Southwest Louisiana cooking. And for people who don't know, uh, okra, the uh, vegetable itself is an, uh, an African vegetable. It, it came, uh, it is thought to have come to the uh, Americas through the slave trade. Hmm. So interesting. Wow. Okay. So I think I had another question for you. Oh, that was done. And oh, okay. So, and you talked about overcoming a lot of the medical issues. So, and you said, what do you eat in a day? Okay. <clears throat> That's a good one. <laughs> I created another recipe uh, that I'm really excited about. People from Louisiana have heard of this. It's called rice and eggs. I grew up eating rice and eggs. Um, and then one day, because I eat tofu, right? And then one day I, um, I, you know, got my tofu together and put it in the oven. And I always, I kind of dry things out like that before I cook with them. Same thing that I do with the soy curls. Um, and I was able to take that, do a tofu scramble with rice, scramble them together, and then put some black salt in there to give it that sulfur type of taste with the salt and pepper, vegan rice and eggs. So I've been having that quite a bit in the mornings. Because <laughs> you discovered that, yeah. So my vegan rice and eggs, sometimes I'll have oatmeal in the mornings. Uh, and sometimes I'll just have leftovers from dinner in the mornings if I start eating late. So that's my morning. And then for around noon, one o'clock, I'll have something that I'll cook like a stew or a soup or, um, or a tofu sandwich. I love my tofu sandwiches. And I'll take half of an avocado, mash that up, and that'll be like the mayo on my bread. And so I'll mash that up, spread that on both sides of my toast with my tofu that I've cooked in the air fryer. And so, so sometimes I'll have that. Um, and then dinner is similar to whatever I had, you know, like gumbo or um, uh, green beans and potatoes, or, you know, I, I love sweet potato chunks. Uh, sometimes I'll just sit up and eat a bunch of sweet potato chunks with, with my, my salad on the side, love sweet potato chunks. Um, and so I don't snack a lot, um, but if I do, I, I simply adore nice cream. Mm -hmm. and, and I have a bunch of frozen bananas in my freezer for whenever I want something sweet. I just, I use it and put it in my uh, Vitamix and um, I put my bananas, frozen cherries, and a little bit of plant-based milk uh, and blend that up together. And that is the most wonderful flavor. And and it tastes so good because when you're eating it, you're not beating yourself up in your brain saying, I really shouldn't be doing this. I really, mm. You know, <laughs> you're just eating it and saying, maybe I might have some more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I do try to limit myself to the equivalent of two bananas whenever I do it, because it, you know, I, I it, it doesn't take much for me to, you know, run into issues with my weight. So I am careful with that. Um, but I love it. And you can also put a little cacao powder in there and, um, you know, with my cherries and the, oh, it's yum. <laughs> yeah. That's how we usually make it with the cacao. And recently we came across vanilla bean powder. I have some. And so, and putting that in the nice cream or other desserts. Yes. And it just, and you eat it and you say, what is that in there that's making that something special? 
Yes. So, yes. And you've been doing that too. Yeah. Yes, I, I really learned about it. that from Chef AJ. Yeah. Uh, and that, I was so glad to hear her talk about that. And I immediately sought it out. And so I used that in my uh, nice cream and it does put a, you don't need much, don't right. need much at all, but it puts such a wonderful flavor in the nice cream. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Jennifer wanted to know if you ever drink smoothies. Oh yeah. I drink smoothies. Oh, I should have mentioned that. If, uh, if yeah, I don't, what do you put breakfast? in them? Yeah. <clears throat> For my smoothies, I, I typically put about the, I, you know, we're creatures of habit. So I put my berries, my blueberry, I have a mix with blueberries, blackberries, and um, blueberries, back, blackberries, and, and raspberries. Um, the equivalent of a half to a whole banana, um, a little bit of that powder, um, the vanilla bean powder. And sometimes I use water. Uh, sometimes I used unsweetened, unflavored uh, plant milk. And that's it. Oh, oh and, and kale. I always put either kale or um, spinach, but I usually have kale because what I do is, especially when I when I have a bunch of kale, I can put it in the freezer. And the funny thing about kale, when you freeze it, once you take it out, you can get a rolling pin and beat it. And then it becomes this, I call them kale, chip, uh, uh, kale flakes. And so I can just take like a half a cup of kale flakes and throw them in my smoothie, throw them in a soup, um, throw them, believe it or not, in my oatmeal. Um, you can put kale flakes in just about in because they break apart into little bitty pieces of kale if you freeze kale. And I've been doing that for a couple of years and I've been sharing that tip with a lot of people. And so, yeah, you're typical. Yeah. And I, I do consume smoothies quite often, especially if I realize I haven't had as much fresh vegetables as I want uncooked. So that's the way that I get my fresh, even though they're frozen, they're still considered fresh. Right. And it's important because you need to get those raw vegetables mm -hmm. as well. And that's a great way to have them. That's, I have a smoothie every morning. I, and my husband and I, we, hate, we make one with the Vitamix and we split. So I get about 32 ounces of smoothie every morning. And I have a stainless steel cup that I put it in and I have a smoothie straw and it's, it's just, it's so different to have that for breakfast than it is. what we were used to, you know, having, yeah. right? And, and my son, uh, he makes them quite often. And I think I heard him in here this morning. I bet you what he usually does is he'll put one. Yep. Look at there. He'll put one off on the side for me. So. Oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. And so you just, I just turn it back and forth and it, re, you know, it, it mixes together, but that's my little smoothie for tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And if you're still hungry, you can grab some potatoes or, or, yep. or whatever, you know, if that didn't fill you up. And because some of these diet plans that people have, they have these little, I just have a shake in the morning for breakfast, you know, and it's this little thing. And, and I look at it and I'm like, gee, if I had that, I would probably want something else. So you can have your smoothie. And if it's not enough, because maybe you were very active, you know, yeah. the day before, because sometimes depending on our activity, we, we need more calories, you know, right. so you can always just have some, some potato. And I like having a potato just even cold out of the refrigerator after it's been baked and sitting there chilling off. You know, I don't have a problem just kind of eating it like an apple. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, when I used to be a teacher and that was, the, that was the cutest thing. Cause we used to have snack period, third period when I was a teacher and I had already begun my, my new lifestyle a few years before I stopped teaching. 
And um, I, um, you know, I would always have my snack too. And and one day I was sitting down eating my potato that had my little ballpark sauce in it, which is nothing but ketchup, uh, mustard, and pickle relish. And I would just put it on my mouth. And the little boy said, Miss Ridley. Hey, yeah, baby. Is that a potato you're eating? And I said, it sure is. And, and, you know, and I stood up and I showed the rest of them to see my sauce. And I showed them that. It's so funny. For the next several weeks, students stopped bringing in chips. They started bringing in healthier foods. One little girl felt comfortable enough to bring a salad (laughs) and sit down at her desk during our snack period, the first 10 minutes of class and eat her salad. And so we are influencers to the young ones. And and I like telling that story. And when you mentioned that thing about potato, that was just the cutest uh, encounter with one of my students concerning my new lifestyle. Well, I'm glad that you adopted it before you retired so that you could have that influence. I think children, they want to do the the right things and they want to be healthy and, and, but they don't know. And if, and if nobody's telling them anything, they, you know, how can they know? So it's so nice that you had that influence over them. Yep. Yep. And you know, we, we all have our, what we call an aha experience, you know, at our own time for our own reasons. And it's, it's easier for some than others. And for some, it's an ongoing struggle. And that's okay. You know, the main thing is just if this is something you want to do and you understand the importance of it, just just keep keep trying at it. You know, if you, oh, man, I messed up. I had pizza last night. I'm doomed. No, t- today's a new day. The last night was a new hour. You know, so you, we can always make new decisions. Um, and then... Some people say, well, I'm starting all over. You're never starting over because you already have the knowledge that you have before you got started. You're never starting over. You're starting from where you were the last time. Right. It's kind of like a, like a reset, right? It's, it's, you know, you just press, press play again and and do it. Uh, Jennifer said, how much weight did you lose and how long did it take? At the beginning, when I first went whole food plant-based, I lost about 65, 70 pounds. Um, and it happened all oh, within the first year. Um, then there, it, it, there gets to a point where it's not as easy. It, I have to work at it. And so I'll get back down to a certain amount and then I'll gain some of it back. And if I go on vacation here, I've stuck with 15 pounds that I didn't realize. So it's that up and down thing. Just because you're eating whole food plant-based does not necessarily mean that you're always going to get down to your ideal weight. There are some of us, some of us, some people can't. I've seen some, it just happened like that. And I'm so jealous. (laughs) (laughs) But, and, and one thing that my older son mentioned when I was in Hawaii with him is that, you know, he noticed I do eat a lot. I, you know, volume wise, I, I do eat a lot. Yeah. And so that's one area that I think I need to work on. And as far as, you know, watching my my uh, serving sizes, especially those things that are higher calorie density right. than others, you know. And so um, but yeah, I because uh, I was close to 300 pounds when I first got started with this. And um, and I'm just I'm very, very thankful that I'm I've, I've been able to make this change. And so I'm continuously working on working on this weight thing. 
Maybe mm -hmm. when you have me in a, about three or four more months, maybe I'll have a little slimmer face. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you're looking great and you're glowing. You know, you. that's the thing. So, and it's not just all about the the weight. It's about the health. Yes. Right. Yes. It's about, about, about feeling better and feeling like you want to go and do things. So what strategies do you use when you think that you want to eat more, but you, you're worried that the food might be calorie you know, dense? So what, what do you try to do well, this when, is when, you, when you're not traveling and you and right. everything is in its ideal situation? And, and this, this has only occurred with me just recently. Um, I've learned how to stop. Like, I, I've always had the, the, the mindset of, you know, if I put it on my plate, I need to eat it. I've always been that way. And so if I'm going to go through the, if, if I'm going to serve this, I'm not going to waste it. I'm going to eat it. And I would say just over the last six months or so, um, I, my, I've been able to say to myself, you know what, you're not, you're full. And then I'll put my fork down and then I'll listen to my body. And, and sometimes I am full. I'll just take the rest of what I have, put it in the refrigerator, eat it later. Um, that's it. Just uh, having that conversation with myself. Um, I'm also studying a book, uh, that I'm, I'm, uh, writing a course for in CNS kitchen, um, called, uh, based on, uh, James Clear's, um, uh, atomic book, habits. Atomic habits. Yes. Mm -hmm. I'll be teaching a course based on that, uh, next month, actually. Oh, and, wonderful. Uh, mm -hmm. and I'm learning so many strat. It's never too late to learn. You know, just because I'm really good at cooking this way and I have lost a lot of weight, you know, and 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 I help people through CNS Kitchen and through my YouTube channel. And just because I'm I'm what they call a leader in this area, uh, I'm still learning. You know, we continuously learn. And the things that I'm learning through James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, are just invaluable. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and, and one area that I, I don't really care for very much is the exercise component because I used to hurt all the time. Mm -hmm. And then when I don't exercise, then the pain starts again. So then you have that double edged thing. It hurts to do it. But if I do it after a while, the pain subsides and then it gets better. That's what I battle with. So I came up with a promise to myself as far as that's concerned that I've kept for almost a year now is that regardless of how I feel. I am going to engage in some intentional movement for 10 minutes a day, 10 minutes. That, that's it. Just, just 10 minutes, nine times out of 10, especially if I hop on my stationary bike, I can go for 20 or 30 minutes. It's just getting started. Yes. And what James Clear says is that if you're trying to establish a habit, say to yourself, you're never going to miss doing what it is you say you're going to do twice. He doesn't say once because we all mess up once. Mm -hmm. But you're not going to miss it twice. And, you know, I'm, I'm learning so much putting this course together. Well, that's wonderful. I'm, I'm going to look forward to hearing about that because that and James Cleary, the, the book that he had, The Atomic Habits, I mean, he he was writing it not necessarily about weight loss. He was writing it about other things in life and how you if you make these if you use these strategies, making these tiny changes that you can definitely uh, get results. You just have to have these strategies. Yes. And, Let me yeah. show you where the gumbo is right now. Yay. Okay. That's ready, what we were waiting for. It's a good, I'm going to pull this right here.
All right. I'm going to show you in the pot first. Ooh, look at that. Mm. Oh, yeah. And then what I am going to do, and I'll probably end up, I'll be right back. So I'm going to show you what this that is going to look looks like. just looks so good. I'm going to go on and make a serving now. Well, tell, tell us in the comments if you think that you're going to try this recipe, which the if in the show notes, there is a link to the recipe. So all of you that can have that recipe and you'll be able to have all the measurements and everything. But just tell us if you if you uh, are going to make it. And also, I would like to know how many of you have had Creole cooking before. And or maybe if tell us in the comments if you were raised on it, that would be interesting to see if any of you were actually raised on it. So let's see what Charm is going to get. Ah, oh yeah, she's she's serving it up. And now you typically serve this with with hot sauce. Wow. And then is, is your son at home right now? Huh. <laughs> Is he like waiting? <laughs> I love Louisiana hot sauce. I use Crystal, which is uh -huh. a Louisiana hot sauce. And I'm going to put this here and see if I can tilt that down. Oh. Can you see that? Oh, look at that. Look how beautiful. And then the garnish. Let me move that because it's a little hot. Okay. So the garnish can be some red pepper flakes made with cayenne and then there you go. Oh, that is so beautiful. Whole food plant-based gumbo. Oh. <laughs> and, you know, I think about some of these meal plans that people are on that they send them the meals. Uh -huh. And they're, they're in this little, <laughs> they get these little servings. It's like, look at your meal. <laughs> and yeah. that's your meal. That would be like four of their meals yeah. <laughs> if they had to get them and in the delivery thing on the on those diet plans and i'm gonna enjoy every single minute of that i tell you that is absolutely gorgeous and oh. i can't wait and as oh. you can see like i told you a second ago see it's not thick it's what's what what i have in it is what's making it thick right but you see the liquid see the liquid right there yeah it's like a it's like a water gumbo yeah and then I, I bet the rice, does the rice kind of soak up, soak that up too? Yes, it does. Yeah. And that's, that's typically how we, um, how we serve it. Yeah. Wow. And then I'll sprinkle my, I like to sprinkle my uh, filet just a little bit on top and then mix everything together. So I'm not going to put it in my pot because I'm not serving this whole thing today. So I'm going to use my, um, my gumbo filet and I'm going to put it in my bowl just a little bit. And um, let that sit for a minute. And it just brings out the snipes. It just adds a little flavor to it. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Charm, for sharing your kitchen with us today and showing us that people can eat gumbo, you know, and, and they don't have to sacrifice things by adopting this lifestyle, especially if this is the kind of cooking that they grew up in, or if they were just kind of looking for something different. This is just so wonderful. And I know that my husband, Rick, he, he likes to cook. So he is definitely looking forward to doing this. I think, I think I, I, cause he's watching, uh, in, in, in the other room and, and I heard him say, this is making me hungry. And he, he was wondering, because he said he would probably put potato in. Have you ever put potato in this particular one? 
I have not put potato in this, but I would not be, uh, I would not object to doing so. One yeah. thing that I have done, however, is I have split a baked potato and then I poured this over it instead of rice and it's quite tasty. So oh. I can see that the, the uh, potato would put a flavor in it, but it would all almost make this not a gumbo. It would make it something different equally as good, but I wouldn't call it a gumbo if I were to put potatoes right. in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. More like a stew or something yeah. like that. Yep. So I know you told us in the beginning a little bit about what you do. So go ahead and tell us, tell us the whole thing. What, what do you do? Where can people find you? Okay. Well, I work for the T. Colin Campbell Center for Nutrition Studies. Um, and I am host, one of the hosts of an online community called CNS Kitchen. Uh, the purpose of CNS Kitchen is to have a platform for people who um, love this way of eating, who want to learn about recipes, want to learn about techniques. Uh, they can join and talk to each other. Uh, it has a cute little Facebooky type of feel. We also have a um, a little premium space in there, very very inexpensive. But that's where a person who needs their their hand held a little bit more. We do wellness challenges in there. We're going to be starting one up on May sixth, as a matter uh -uh, March sixth as a matter of fact. And with that, it's a 30 day challenge. And every single day within that small space, um, we have challenge questions, people answer and talk to each other. We have Thursday night check-ins, which are support group meetings within the premium space. And we even have a dietitian that's dedicated to that space where you can ask questions, the general questions for our dietitian. And so CNS Kitchen is just a wonderful place uh, to go if you want to be around people uh, who also, you know, and not everyone in there is fully whole food plant-based. We accept people where they are and eventually they get better and better at this. And that little subscription space, uh, that's, that's my heart because, you know, we can have more hands-on as far as that's concerned. And people can also look at my Atlanta Creole um, YouTube channel. Um, and it's just YouTube uh, Atlanta Creole and, uh, that's where I have some uh, of my recipes. Uh, some of my older ones are a little bit more raw than my newer ones. Um, I, I had help with some of the newer ones and then I haven't made uh, any probably in about six months. I used to even do some talking on there with coaching as far as whole food plant-based is concerned. And so that's just a, a fun little thing that I created for people. Yeah, I love that. I watched some of the things that you did talking. You were actually on, on your exercise bike. Yes. Right. Yes. You were cycling. Mm -hmm. You cycling, yep. and you. This is what you see, and you and you're giving all this motivation to people, and and telling them, don't worry if you slip, it's okay. You know. Yeah. And and just that that thing alone. I mean, if if I did stationary bike riding, I would probably have that and just kind of bike along with you. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what a lot of people did who were in that small group that I used to do the challenges with before I came on board with with a uh, uh, CNS Kitchen with the uh, with CNS. And um, it's just, you know, and, I, and I've just now started with a little TikTok channel. It's oh. also Atlanta Creole. And, um, and I'm getting a little bit less shy. I don't know why I'm shy on there, but my daughter's like, Mama, you need to do this. <laughs> and so I've, she's been putting some of my recipes and my cooking things. And, you know, I'll, I'll start with some of the talking on there. So 
I just, you know, you get a little bit nervous about that sort of thing, but it's yeah. all fun. And it all comes with time, but you, and, and I, think, I think you're a natural. I wouldn't think that you were nervous, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Green Warriors, tell us what you're going to remember about today, because we learned a lot today. I know I did. And so type in the comments what like your takeaway is for, for this wonderful demonstration and the recipes. And please stay tuned for a special announcement. I do want to thank Just Test Voice because she did the promos and she also did the voiceovers. And she's also going to tell us who's coming up next. Feeling tired and drained? Dr. Christina Miller, MD, will talk about the common causes of fatigue and tips to improve energy. Learn how to heal on Be Green with Amy Live, Friday, March 3rd. 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Well, I also want to thank most of all you Green Warriors because you're here. That's why Charm came to, to share this recipe with you. And that's why I'm here. And I really hope that you got a lot out of this and that you'll like and share it and, and let a lot of other people see it. And as a present to you, if you go to my website, begreenwithamy.com, and then you just put in slash join, you will get five free recipes sent to you. And that's going to be a lot of motivation as well. And so please go ahead and take your right hand and grab your left shoulder and take your left hand and grab your right shoulder. Now squeeze. That's a hug from me to you. And if you would like to join me with Charm, because we are going to do my sign off with my tagline. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay. Well, until I see all of you guys again, remember, be strong, be well, be well and be, be green. green. <laughs> Bye-bye, everyone. Thank you so much, Charm. Bye-bye, everyone. Now you can listen to Be Green with Amy expert interviews wherever you go. Listen while walking, meal prepping, or traveling. Find Be Green with Amy on Apple, Google, Alexa, Amazon, or virtually anywhere you find podcasts. Be strong, be well, and be green with Be Green with Amy.